0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Objective Health. I am your host Elliot and join with me in the virtual studio we have Doug and Erica.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: We also have Damien on the ones and twos helping us in the background. Uh, In today's show we will be talking about some of the documented um, side effects of the COVID vaccines but when i say side effects i mean specifically measurable effects so effects that are showing up in not only symptoms but also in blood work in established conditions so we've spoken in previous shows about some of the um adverse events that can occur as in um severe autoimmune conditions um thrombosis blood clotting death uh, in today's show it's going to be slightly different we will be talking about uh yeah the the blood analysis that's been done looking at how it how it's affecting people's blood work maybe the hormones what it's doing at the cellular level and what can actually be measured and this is really quite interesting because this is this can't be put down to conspiracy theory you know this this is why using hard kind of objective data even association if we've you know we've been looking at kind of past studies or or anecdotes which show that certain numbers of people per 1 million vaccines might have a reaction. And whilst we can say with, you know, some confidence that this was the, the vaccine that caused this um, it's, it's not always certain there could have been other factors involved. However, that when we're looking at blood work, it's, it's, it's very interesting because you can't really fake blood work. You can't fake, um, measurements now not all measurements are completely 100% accurate but when it comes to to blood blood work and blood analysis it's 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 almost almost there <laughs> okay so um so yeah just to start off the show um there've been numerous accounts of this is something that we've spoken about previously as well uh numerous accounts of blood clotting disorders which have been identified in people who have these vaccines. And there's various theories for why this occurs. This has been found not only with the AstraZeneca vaccine, also both of the mRNA vaccines. So the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, and also the J&J vaccine. So the main four vaccines that are available in the Western world, there have been blood clots and other similar kind of cardiovascular events, which have been, uh, documented in these conditions. Now, there was a doctor, and I believe we've spoken about him previously on the show as well. His name is Doctor Hoff. Was it Rich Richard Hoff? Charles. Charles Hoff. Charles Hoff. All right, Charles Hoff. And um yeah, so he has previously he's done some interviews and and written some pieces. You can find him various places on the internet. And uh, in one of the interviews that he gave, he was. Describing, or he was trying to kind of explain the, um, the cardiovascular kind of diverse events that might, the occurring. people who have these vaccines. He said that um, in 62% of his patients who had the COVID vaccine, he found elevated markers or an elevated marker called D-dimer now, D-dimer, from what I understand, and fairly limited understanding of that, it's a marker for blood clotting. Now, it's one of the markers which, if very elevated, it's a medical emergency. Someone needs to go to the emergency room, emergency department. Uh, I believe it can be elevated in heart, in heart attack it can be elevated in stroke, it can be elevated in various different kinds of cardiovascular disorders, like acute issues. And so he was extremely, um, extremely kind of what's the word shocked when he found that 62%, which is more than half, which is not chance at all, Mm -hmm. not chance. And it's not just association, you know, it's it's like, okay, there's a it's, you know, you could say that that's likely causal. Um, and he's essentially saying that experts are saying that the blood clots are rare um, because, you know, I can't remember the exact statistics of how many people get a blood clot and that's documented. It's identified um, after these vaccines. He is saying that although the experts are telling us that these are rare and the statistics say that this is rare. He's saying that it's only the big ones, which are rare. And in fact, small ones are happening all of the, t- all of the time. Or what he believes in the majority of people in his particular subset of patients, 62%. He's saying that D-dimer, if it's elevated, that is an indication that we have micro blood clots. And these are not the kind of things which are going to cause a medical emergency. In fact, these are the things that can go underneath the surface. They can go unidentified. They might just be producing symptoms like fatigue. They might be producing symptoms like lethargy or elevated body temperature, or many of the so-called kind of benign side effects that people are getting from these vaccines. He actually theorizes that this may very well be due to thousands, if not millions of micro blood clots in the capillaries, which can't be identified um, or they're not being flagged up as adverse events. We're not seeing stroke. We're not seeing kind of a deep vein thrombosis or heart attack or anything like that, but it's still happening. And he's saying that's where the real danger is in that people, uh, we can't detect how this is kind of occur. We can of detect how often this is occurring due to their microscopic size. Um, but he's saying that what this is doing is essentially it's impeding blood flow. It's damaging blood vessels and ultimately Um, it's predisposing one to a variety of long-term kind of cardiovascular issues in the future. And I thought that's very interesting because it's something that, you know, if you look at the stats, you'll say, oh, well only, you know, what is it like 0.1% of people or something get a, you know, get a, a a blood clot. It's like, well, actually maybe it's a lot higher than that. And we just don't know.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Other crazy thing is that he's actually had a gag order put on him by the Canadian government because he's been trying to warn people about this.
0: Isn't that insane? Interesting.
2: Well, and also, too, like if they have this intended approach of continually vaccinating people based on booster shots or, you know, this variant or that variant, how much more, Elliot, does that contribute to this, like over time? So you continue to do the thing that may be causing the issue. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I mean it's 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 really concerning, uh, and it's not just the d dimer that that's kind of that's a concern because because we've spoken about previously the spike protein about how its main kind of mechanism of action is to damage the the blood vessels, right? And we I think we spoke about it not last week's show, the week before that, we were talking ab- about the kind of the mechanism of action of covid about how it's really like a, a cardiovascular toxin or cardiovascular it affects the blood vessels um and then the 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 respiratory effects of covid are there's like a secondary effect mm-hmm. um and and really what the scientists or kind of the research has indicated here is that the primary kind of damaging or toxic or Yeah. The the damaging part of COVID is not necessarily the virus. It's the spike protein. Mm -hmm. That is the antigen. That's the thing which stimulates our immune system. And so we've got people taking these mRNA vaccines where they're generating abundant amounts of this toxin and releasing it into their vascular system. Well, if spike protein is primarily going to affect, you know, the the main part of the body it's going to affect is the vascular system. Is it any wonder why we're seeing all of these kind of cardiovascular effects from the vaccine. It's not, it, it's perfectly consistent. There's a, a, another study, which, um, which is basically looking at, at the effects of the vaccine and, and some of the, um, some of the, 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 conditions it's, it's associated with. And I don't think it's a coincidence. It's associated with increased risk of venous thromboembolism, meaning a, a, a blood clot in the, in the, in the, in the veins. Uh, arterial thromboembolism, so a blood clot in the arteries, Uh, ischemic stroke. A stroke is essentially a blood clot in the brain, which um, prevents the flow of blood into the brain. And and that's essentially the mechanism of of action there. And then also other rare arterial thrombotic events, thrombotic meaning clotting disorders. Okay. So it seems as though it's having an effect on the blood, on the vascular system, and it is, um, it's causing major changes in the blood cells. And interestingly enough, Doug, you were, um, talking about this, um, earlier on today or yesterday, I think it was, there is a, uh, a video with a doctor in, is she in South Africa?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, her name is, uh, let me try and pull that up here. Um, her name is doctor bota i think her name is um sorry i'm just having trouble finding it yeah i think i don't have the link here unfortunately but um yeah i believe her name is doctor bota um and she I've was basically i've got zandre
0: zandre bota
1: okay zandre bota yeah she basically was doing live blood cell analysis. She's a doctor who who does that, and that's where you take a, a slide and can look at live, uh, real-time, what's going on in your blood. And she was quite shocked seeing um, people's kind of before and after vaccination uh, blood panels. Um, an extreme amount of clotting going on. Uh, all the blood vessels, basically, that would be healthy beforehand and nice and individual round blood cells that would be... Um, completely clumped up um once the uh once they had been vaccinated um so it it seems like it's kind of just confirming what uh, dr hoff was finding as well um that you know he says if you've got elevated d-dimer it means you've got clotting well she's looking at the blood live real time and there's clotting there um she found a bunch of other disturbing things as well which i don't quite know what to make of um different sort of uh particles in there that uh, don't have much of an explanation that actually she did a, a, Use her microscope to actually look at the vaccine itself as well Like a drop of the vaccine and saw those particles in there as well, and there's lots of crazy Things going on on the internet about what that stuff might be um, I, I Don't think we should necessarily get into that just because it's it's all complete speculation at this point We don't know what it is. It's weird stuff, but we don't know and um, if you're so inclined, you can go down that rabbit hole by looking her up. But um, I thought that the, the clotting aspect of it was was pretty fascinating because, yeah, she's confirming what uh, what Hoff was finding in his lab tests, and she's looking in real time and seeing seeing that exact thing reflected.
0: Yeah. It's really fascinating. Um, in the pictures before vaccination, you know, the, the blood cells are, are almost perfectly rounded. Um, they're not perfectly rounded, but they're, they're c- cylindrical kind of thing mm-hmm. and they are uh, they're nicely separated apart from each other. That's, that's the thing. Blood, blood, uh, contains several things. It contains blood cells. They contain these things called sulfated, um, uh, glycosaminoglycans, or sulfated molecules on the outside and also sulfated uh sialic acid i think it is and what these do they have a very strong negative charge and what this basically helps blood cells to do is to repel one another okay because you've got all of these individual you know how, how many I, I don't know was it trillions of, of blood cells kind of floating around in in the liquid that you call blood well they are they, they need not to be able to stick together. It, it, you know, if you're looking at a capillary, the diameter of a, of a capillary um, is, is like, is essentially a little bit smaller than one blood cell. So at your smallest capillary level, you know, it's it, it, the cells, the blood is, is passing one cell at a time. So it's really important that blood cells do not uh, clump up together. If they do, then they're, they're not getting through those capillaries. So, um there's lots of like natural mechanisms to prevent blood from from clumping and you see this in her original pictures you have these perfect cells which are very much kind of uh, repelling one another they're close but they're not too close and interestingly if the pictures are accurate and i have no reason to believe why why she would be lying about this mm. um of course i can't i can't verify it myself but it does seem st- circumstantially at least that it would make sense she is uh, describing ha- uh, how, or she's showing in in the images these 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 perfectly cylindrical cells turn into this almost plaque. It's mm. really strange. It's like everything is clumped together, and it's almost like little lines that it's formed into. It's not even it's not even like it's it's perfect. It's circles anymore, and they're just stuck together. It's almost as if there's there's bumpy like plaques that are all stuck and and conjugated together it, it it looks very strange indeed and she says that she's never seen anything like this in her entire time of um of, of 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 analyzing blood she's a naturopathic doctor if if i understand that correctly um and and so again it's 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 concerning she's she's very concerned by it uh because if you have blood clots then you can't get oxygen to tissue and the tissue dies cells cells die if they don't have if they don't have oxygen, right? And the main way that we get oxygen to the cells is via the blood. So if we don't have blood letting, getting through our microcapillaries, capillaries, then um, then it's extremely damaging, not only for the peripheral organs like the arms, the legs, the feet, but also into uh, you know the nooks and crannies in the brain and the other organs. Um, and it, you know, it would kind of make a little bit more sense as to why we're seeing some of these really strange cardiovascular thrombotic events which are occurring as a side effect and it really makes one wonder whether um what you know whether we've just kind of seen the start start of it and whether the immediate deaths or adverse events from the vaccines are not um yeah it's not the tip of the iceberg and whether we're going to see kind of much more long-term issues moving forward yeah is that uh an image of uh, of the slides there was it?
1: Um, I, I believe so. I'm not uh, 100% yeah. sure. I think it's some of them. Okay. There's other ones out there too. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Search was... engine censoring it, so it's hard to find.
0: Right. Yeah. I was looking. So, Elliot,
2: them, the blood vessels like... behind you in that image, would that be healthy blood that you're yeah, sitting so, in front of?
0: Well, this is... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure, right? I'm not I'm not too clued up on blood, blood, uh, blood analysis in terms of... If it's on a page of piece of paper, then yeah. But if it's actually like microscopic, looking at the cells, like I'm, no, no idea. Uh, I think this is showing something called pancytopenia. So pancytopenia is essentially a, a kind of a, a term referring to someone having low levels of all three types of blood cells. So the type of cells that you have in your blood, it, essentially, it's made up of your red blood cells which carry your oxygen, um, your, uh, your white blood cells, which are responsible for initiating your immune, your immunity, your immune response against pathogens and platelets. Platelets are involved in, um, in clotting. Okay. So interestingly enough, pancytopenia is a documented, uh, side effect that is occurring in some of these people with, um, after having the vaccine, uh, Yeah, the the different types of vaccines. There was a a, a paper published, a a very long word. It's called Hemophagocytic Lymphohistocytosis. Okay, (laughs) basically... What they have, they found in a particular individual after having the vaccine, very shortly after having the vaccine is that his inflammation markers went skyrocketed. He developed very high levels of ferritin, which is a marker in the liver for inflammation. What they found was that his levels of um, white blood cells, platelets and red blood cells tanked very, very, very low. He had very low levels of an immune cell called natural killer cells. Um, and he also had low levels of a clotting factor called fibrinogen. Now, what they demonstrated in this individual was what they think caused this problem was that uh, an underlying Epstein-Barr virus infection, which many people have, which is dormant, became reactivated after having this vo- after having the vaccine, and the EBV was the thing which had an effect on a lot of these blood, blood markers. What I suspect is that it might not be all, all due to EBV and that it might actually just be a natural side effect of the vaccine and the spike protein that his body was making. Either way, um, what they're finding is that a lot of the people who are getting this vaccine are spontaneously coming down with blood vessel disorders and bl- different types of blood disorders. There's another one which is called, uh, the paper is called Severe Autoimmune Hemolytic Anemia following the receipt of the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine. And now this was a, I believe it was a a 20-year-old female or a a young female. Um, And they, uh, previously perfectly healthy, she developed a condition called autoimmune hemolytic anemia. It's basically when your immune system tags your immune cells for destruction you basically start destroying your own immune cells because you think that they are a threat it's a really 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 strange condition it's horrible um and what they found was was that um this this condition was life life threatening she developed this like a couple of days after getting the mrna vaccine uh the patient required transfusions with 13 units of red blood cells as well as treatment with corticosteroids um rituximab which is a biological immunosuppressant therapy um and immune globulin so basically she was destroying her own her her own blood cells um and she really could have died from this very early on um a similar kind of issue one of the first guys who we spoke about in one of the original shows after the vaccine was released about a guy who had a similar condition but it was an autoimmune thrombocytopenia which attacked his own platelets um And he unfortunately died. he was a doctor he he died yeah, he uh, bled out yeah in the u s uh but this is fortunately, this was treated, and it did improve um but again, what could be the mechanism of that? you know why is the immune system all of a sudden destroying its own red blood cells? Why do we think that might might be
1: because it's got a spike protein on it
0: well i mean it's it's entirely possible right mm-hmm. it's entirely possible. Because they, they originally said that the, the the mRNA from this vaccine is only going to stay in the arm. Well, we've spoken about this numerous times. That's been debunked. That was never the case. That, spike, that mRNA is going to all of our cells, and not only the organs. It's very likely going to the red blood cells. Mm-hmm. So what's it doing there? Well, we're making spike protein. If a cell is making a, a, a protein which is only found in a virus then is it any wonder why some people are developing an immune reaction to the very cells that are making this viral protein? Of Of course course it's going to see it as a virus.
1: I mean, that's how it works, right? These cells, these immune cells will, will recognize that uh, a cell has had its machinery taken over by a virus and is producing more of the virus and it destroys the cell. That's its defense mechanism. So of course it's going to start doing that. You know, if you've got your cells pumping out um, spike proteins, it's like, Oh, this has been taken over by a virus. I guess I better kill it.
0: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It yeah. really does. Um. And. I... Hello. That was weird. Have we got someone? That... Have <laughs> we got, got, a got a caller. Mean. <laughs> Damien, that... who's on the line? <laughs> the browser wants to try
1: to play a video. Oh, I see. <laughs> Not today, browser. <laughs>
0: yeah it's interesting Um... though
1: you were talking about um ebv um extreme bar but um there was actually an article um it was written september 5th it was on mercola.com um and mercola unfortunately is in a position right now where he has to scrub all his content after 48 hours so you can't find it there anymore but we do have it up on sot.net s-o-t-t.net Um, We reprint uh, a lot of Mercola's articles up there. So if you are looking for any of his older content, you might be able to find it on there. Um, But anyway, he was interviewing a uh, researcher named Dr. Sucharit Bhakti, um, who was actually in, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was in some of those original articles that were up on, um, you know, that that, uh, site that was doing uh, the, like, you know, here's 10 researchers who are against the COVID narrative. Um, or against lockdowns, or something like that. Um, Mm. The name of the website's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, not important. Anyway, this doctor, he's he's been around for a while, kind of criticizing the whole um, pandemic and whatnot for for quite some time. But he actually talked about in this interview, how um, the uh, vaccine can potentially... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Ah, yeah, okay. COVID jab may trigger latent viruses and cancer. So it's basically just talking about. You know, I don't really necessarily understand all the ins and outs of it, but you know, if you're messing around with uh, mRNA and whatnot, you can actually trigger these latent viruses. I believe that what he's talking about is how if the immune system is kind of preoccupied, trying to clean up all this spike protein that's being kind of uh, produced all over the body. then it's not keeping in check the latent viruses that it's always fighting anyway. So like we've always got all these viruses in our body all the time, EBV being one of them, Epstein-Barr virus, Um, tuberculosis, you know, whatever else. But, you know, the immune system is constantly keeping that in check. So anytime that stuff starts to creep up, it's like, no, the immune system takes care of it. So we never actually get sick with it. What he's saying is that if we are, you know, destroying our own immune cells, and the immune system is essentially at war with itself then those latent viruses are suddenly going to be able to come to the surface all this to say that the epstein-barr link to that might actually exist that might actually be a thing i don't know though
0: yeah i mean it's entirely possible that it is right the reason i said that i i wasn't sure whether it was EBV because i guess uh, yeah there's a lot of people who have reactivated EBV and it doesn't mm. cause uh, uh what's the name? hey hemophagocytic lymphohistocytosis. Right. <laughs> That's all I meant. I, I meant that like right. you know, EBV when it's reactivated, yeah, it can be it can be pretty nasty. But in in that, you know, um I kinda I wasn't sure whether the researchers who wrote that paper were just trying to find like a mechanism by which these things yeah. were caused. And they found EBV to be reactivated, you know, cause they weren't necessarily working from the concept of spike protein, uh, you know, triggering yeah. the immune system and triggering, you know, s- significant inflammation. That's the only thing that I meant. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that I don't think EBV was involved because it's entirely possible that it is. And it's also entirely possible. Like, like you're saying, Doc, that these ordinarily kind of benign viruses or viruses that would not cause the immune system a problem. If the immune system is having such a, Uh, kind of great stress and having to deal with such a burden Mm -hmm. of these vaccines then you know an ordinary virus run-of-the-mill virus might actually get to the point where it completely like decimates someone and and kills them that's entirely possible as well
1: that's another thing that I, i wanted to mention about this article and actually i'm glad you still got it pulled up there damien because he actually talks about the evidence for an increased risk of infection after getting these injections and this is something that we've yeah. talked about on the on the show before. And um, the whole idea of ADE, or antibody-dependent enhancement, the idea that a vaccine has a paradoxical reaction where um, it actually makes you much more um, susceptible to these viruses rather than protected against them. Um, and, you know, I was just thinking about this because, you know, I've I've seen there's a lot of chatter on social media right now about um what they're calling a super cold or the worst cold ever like there's there's i I think there was even an article up uh might have been on the daily mail or something about in the uk people are talking about these people who have been vaccinated are getting the absolute worst cold that they've ever had in their entire life That it's completely laying them out now yeah that could be because you know the vaccine is is you know causing these spike proteins and the immune system is completely overwhelmed and and can't fight off this cold. Or it could be this antibody dependent enhancement, where it's actually a paradoxical reaction, where they've they've actually trained their immune system to be less able to deal with coronaviruses.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, right, there's, if someone gets natural immunity against the virus, they are going to have antibodies against Multiple different parts of that virus, not right. just one protein on the surface. They'll have, uh, you know, antibodies against the the viral capsule or the capsid, whatever it's called. It, you know, various proteins that make up the, their their membrane. You know, numerous different kind of codes which help them to identify the virus from something else, not just the spike protein. And so the concept is, is that if someone, you know is uh, develops uh, an anti or someone develops a, a, a immunity against the one part of the virus well sometimes what can happen is is if a virus say changes in any way slightly that spike protein which it naturally can do or it probably will do you know in its mutations and its changing as it moves from person to person if there's a slight variation on that spike protein, the antibodies are essentially ineffective, but what it can also potentially do and i 'm not sure i can 't remember. Who was talking about this? It might have been in the Spartacus letter, but essentially um, the the virus almost makes its way into the, into into the body and the immune system is not going to, um, it's not going to mount a defense against it whatsoever. You know, let's say, for instance, if we, with these mRNA vaccines, if people are incorporating this mRNA into their genome and they identify that there's a spike protein or something that, that looks similar to a spike protein in a virus, they, it might get to a point where they don't attack the virus yeah, because right. they see it as themselves, right? So there's just so many potential things that could go wrong here. But at the same time, you know, in the context of what we're talking about today, these studies which show uh, pancytopenia, well, these are white blood cells. White blood cells are the main things which are responsible. They're like your first line of defense against a virus, right? They're, 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 um, they're, they're tasked with dealing with bacteria, dealing with protozoa, protozoa dealing with viral infection, uh, calming down the immune system increasing the immune system you know they are essential and so if someone has this vaccine and all of a sudden gets tanked white blood cells well they have very little defense against something which is usually not going to cause them a problem but which might cause them a a problem because of that so that's that's a a real problem um so there there have been some really odd like occurrences found in this blood work of people who've had these vaccines and i think we're probably just seeing the start of it Mm -hmm. but something else which we wanted to discuss today was something which has been kind of it was originally considered to be uh like conspiracy theory or is mm-hmm. didn't get much media attention but now it's uh it's kind of an acknowledged fact i think it's so common that people can't you know the 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 media and things they can't deny it anymore it's uh strange effects on menstruation uh menstrual disorders after Either having a vaccine or being exposed to someone who has had a vaccine. So um, it's a pretty well established fact now that some of the COVID vaccines or people who've received the COVID vaccine, women, of course, um, not birthing people, but women, uh, (laughs) women who've had the COVID vaccine are complaining of irregularities in their menstrual bleeding, some experiencing heavy menstrual bleeding, some experiencing uh, bleeding between their periods or before their periods are due, uh, bleeding frequently, so bre- bleeding for kind of several months on end. Um, and some who have gone past menopause, who shouldn't be bleeding at all, have actually started expe- uh, experiencing. Uh, menstrual bleeding which is really odd and generally does not happen at all so um and this is not technically just the case um for people who've had the vaccine this is also the case and i'm pretty sure that pfizer put this in the um in the explanation or pfizer put this in the um what was it like the the package insert or it it was I don't know if it was the package so insert. It, it was definitely published in one of their safety studies hmm. talking about how people who had, um, who would not just people who'd had the vaccine, but also women who had been exposed to people who had the vaccine and then people who'd been exposed to people who'd had the vaccine. Hmm. Right. So it was like two people removed. They were d- demonstrating that this, that, that this, the, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines or the spike proteins could be having an effect on these people um, and so what we're seeing is that a lot of anecdotes uh, there's some studies published about it there's quite a few letters to some of the big journals from, from some well-known doctors who are talking about some of the possible mechanisms by which this is happening they're saying that there's no known mechanism um by which the mrna vaccines would do this uh so they think it's likely immune stimulation of the uh of the the ovaries or the the kind of the lining of the uterus and that might be what's happening what i would say to that is that we know that the spike protein from looking at the spike protein distribution studies we know that spike protein distribution or, or the mrna in the lipid nanoparticle delivery has a, an extremely high affinity for the ovaries really the ovaries was the highest affinity of all the organs so we know that the ovaries are hit by the mrna vaccine and likely they're generating massive amounts of spike protein and since the ovaries are are responsible for making ovarian hormones which govern the menstrual cycle is it really any kind of uh you know is it coincidence is it surprising at all that people are having major menstrual changes in in with the menstrual hormones after having these vaccines what do you think?
1: It sounds like a so. perfectly logical mechanism to me. Like, yeah.
2: The fact that Pfizer included that in their research as well as a potential, because I remember, Elliot, I think we did cover it on a show. I just can't remember where. But the fact that that they mentioned that, so they they knew the potential was there. You know, had they had the 10 years required time to follow up on that, they may... We may know more. Right. But now we're just like the in the experiment, so to speak. And I will say to share with you guys that that happened to me. I'm not vaccinated, but I was exposed to people who were vaccinated and it disrupted menstrual cycle noticeably. Um, Along with other people that I know as well. So confirming that it's happening to people who are not vaccinated, but are exposed to people that have received the vaccine um, and not even in necessary close contact, um, just being in the same room working in the same environment. And so, um, and I, when it, when it happened to me, it was very shocking. It was a little disturbing because uh, you know, somebody is pretty consistent with that type of thing. It was noticeable mm. um, within 10 days of a previous cycle, never happened before. And because we had been reading about this, it was like, Oh my gosh, well, is that's what's happening. And then others had shared exact same thing happened, same time frame you know so it, it is happening and the fact that it's not like all over mainstream me- media as being like okay this is affecting women in a very serious way yeah. um speaks volumes to the fact that they don't want this information to get out there because um and they are we, downplaying we
1: it completely they're saying yeah. that it's oh it's no big deal it only lasts a couple of days or something like that it doesn't it's it's not it's not a You know, this isn't an issue. Don't worry about it. You know, just relax, ladies. It's fine.
0: It's it's yeah, it's amazing. Like what you're describing, Erica, because it's so consistent with, you know, what the tens or hundreds of thousands of other anecdotes that have been compiled. I mean, there were entire message forums, I think, on Reddit and some of the Facebook groups, which were just swiped off they would just delete it completely because there were that many women, not only talking about adverse events, but specifically about these menstrual changes. It's only been kind of recently accepted that it might be a thing. And of course the, the media are downplaying it and saying that it's not significant, but I mean, to me, it's, it, it's, it's just, it, um, what I think s- finds so astonishing about this is that it's in people who've not even had the vaccine. So what does that say about the people who do have the vaccine and the effect that they have on others? Because surely, I mean, if it was just people who had the vaccine, then that would be, that would be bad, but it would be somewhat understandable, (laughs) Even from the the, the way that the, the vaccine manufacturers portray the safety, right? They can say, Oh, well, there's there might be it might be the immune response or something like that. Yeah, that's what a vaccine is designed to do. It's designed to evoke an immune response. So maybe that's just what it is. How the hell can they explain how it's affecting people who've not even had the bloody vaccine? Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that they can explain that as per their model. There's no way. However, there have been doctors who've been saying for a long, long time now that people will be shedding this toxin through their skin, through their breath, through their other bodily fluids, and that will be traveling. And it would seem that, like, if what you're saying is right, Erica, you know, if you've not come into, like, close contact with anyone who's had this vaccine, yet you and others have still noticed changes, then it would suggest to me, at least, that this spike protein is traveling through the air.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm So (sighs) it's it's likely that we've all been exposed to it. And we want to give it to
2: children. (laughs) We want to give it to children, right? I mean, criminal, criminal.
1: And the vaccinated people act like the unvaccinated are the people to be afraid of. It really should be the other way around. Like those vaccinated people are the ones who are a danger to the unvaccinated because they're shedding these uh, spike protein. And, you know, menstrual irregularities might be like the least of the problem. Who knows what the hell else is going on?
2: Well, like the canary in the coal mine, right? You know, and the fact that forums and um, open sharing of information for people to find support and answer questions or even pose questions that we know aren't being reported in the VARS data at all. I mean, that's pretty, you know what I mean? That they would be systematically censored and shut down, again, speaks to the nefarious of like... What are you guys doing? I mean, this is just a massive experiment gone awry and it should just be stopped immediately. And as you said, we don't even know the long-term effects of this two to five years from now.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it is very concerning. Um, And we've uh, I think it's fair to say we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. at the moment and again like i've said how many times at least in person but i think uh probably on the show again my thinking is that it's it's likely going to be this winter or maybe next winter that that we might see an issue right (laughs) that we that we that we might that we might see something happen or we might see some of the side effects from this because uh at the moment uh yeah it's it's been kind of The odd anecdote here and there, but we've not seen, you know, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's likely that we've not seen all of it, right? It's likely that we've not seen all of it and there could be stuff coming down in the future, which is potentially a lot worse than what we've seen so far. So, uh, yeah, I guess just be prepared for that and uh, keep your eyes open and try to follow the information and, and, um, and keep your head screwed on really keep your head screwed on um so yeah i mean has anyone else got anything else to add to this show or or can we finish up for this week
1: i think we're good
0: yeah okay okay then well uh thanks to our listeners and um thanks for tuning in of course like and share our show if you find it helpful or useful share it with your friends and um and we will see you next week then goodbye
1: bye everybody